It wasn't even 10 minutes after I finished recording the last five episodes posted on Facebook that I have recorded five episodes on feedback when a friend of mine, Bob Reutblatt, uh, reached out to me and uh, asked me about uh, feed forward and whether I considered feed forward because the word feedback for him is, is a pet peeve and he immediately talked about feed forward. And I have to admit that I wasn't aware of the term feed forward and I had to read about that. And in this episode, which is now going to be the sixth episode in this mini series about trust and feedback, I'll talk about feed forward versus feedback, when to use each one of them, benefits and disadvantages of each one. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of The Book of Trust and facilitator of The Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? So I can't talk about feedback versus feed forward before I define what feed forward is. You know what feedback is. And feed forward, the term was developed by Marshall Goldsmith, who I believe is a coach uh, in the uh, executive uh, on the executive level. There is another book to which Marshall Goldsmith uh, wrote a forward to, uh, written by Joe, Her- Joe Hirsch. Uh, and his book is uh, The Feedback Fix, Dump the Past, Embrace the Future, and Lead the Way to Change. I believe this is done more in the context of education. In, in general terms, feed forward focuses on the future instead of the past. If you think about that, uh, you know, even before that, Gallup did a survey and what they found was that 26% of employees felt that feedback improves their professional performance. So feedback is important. It's, it's just a matter of what kind of feedback. And when I say that feed forward focuses on the future rather than the past, if you think about feedback, well, what is feedback? Feedback is typically the way we do that is, is we tell someone how they did something after it was done. And so when you think about that, it, there are problems with how we give feedback on the past, when, when it's backward looking, after the fact. And I'm going to, to read some of the, the criticism that, uh, in this case, uh, Joe Hirsch uh, gave on uh, the regular, the, the uh, classic type of feedback, the, the past-looking uh, feedback. He says that first, it, it shuts down the metal dashboards. And, and uh, what he means by that is that uh, you're feeling under attack. You know, there's nothing that you can do about the past, right? It's already done. And so now I'm telling you what you did wrong and, and it kind of shuts you down. You, you are under attack. And I talked in the last five episodes a lot about how to deliver it and how to receive it, mainly how to deliver it such that the other person does not feel that they are under attack, that, that they have to be defensive, that they have to defend their character, their actions, even if it's just their actions and not their character, not their personality, they still feel that they need to defend it. And when I talked about 
you receiving, you taking feedback, I talked about you as, uh, even then I gave you the uh, tips and advice on how to make sure that you don't feel under attack. But, but it starts because you are, it, by definition. There's nothing you can do about the past. What Hershed says also about, you know, problems with the current feedback is that it focuses on rating of what you've done rather than development. So instead of trying to help what you do in the future, it focuses on what you did in the past. And the only thing that we can address what you did in the past is by rating it. Now, I don't know if I fully agree with that. Because you've done something. I, I think it's really a matter of terminology because it's not necessarily that you're done with the entire project. You may have been just done with one part of it. And so when I give you feedback about the part that you've done, we can still affect the future, the next steps you're going to take in this project. When I give you feedback on a weekly basis, even though I give you feedback about last week, I do think that I can still improve your next week by you accepting, taking, understanding, analyzing, uh, reflecting on the feedback that I gave you about last week. It will help you next week. Then he says that uh, the, the classical feedback, it reinforces negative behaviors. And uh, to some extent, because you know, you've already done what you've done and I just gave you feedback, you may almost feel obligated to reinforce what you've done in the past because then it means that you're justifying it then it means that what you've done is not bad so rather than learning from it and changing it you're focused more on justifying it and therefore reinforcing it so this is what he describes as the problems with current feedback when he talks about advantages with feed forward he says that it regenerates talent, uh, it gives opportunities for growth, we're focused on new directions, it expands the possibilities, uh, you are considering new possibilities before it's too late. It's kind of hard to consider possibilities for something that happened in the past. You know, what other possibilities do we have? Well, it doesn't matter because we're done. You know, the, the feedback is after the fact. It is particular. Typically, when we give feedback, it's kind of a data dump, and, and I agree with that with that definition. It is a data dump, uh, whereas feed forward, you might be able to focus to be more granular and, and focus on, on more specific things, something that's happening right now, and we're going to be specific and particular to that part rather than the whole thing. It is more authentic, so you give it when when I can still do something about it rather than, you know, after the fact, it's uh, why didn't you say anything while I was doing it? I mean, just just think about that. I'm doing something. I'm doing it wrong. You're not giving me feedback while I'm doing it. You give me feedback when I'm done. And the first thing that comes to mind or may come to mind is why didn't you say anything while I was doing it? Why didn't you stop me? If you knew that what I was doing was wrong and you knew something that I did not know, why didn't you stop me? By the way, uh, when uh, Hirsch describes the uh, uh, that advantage of being authentic, he mentions that he doesn't like the sandwich method, the feedback sandwich method either, just like I do. He, he claims that it's not authentic as well. So uh, we agree on that. He says that a feed forward 
method has more impact. You can still change what's not in the past. So, you know, if you give me feedback, then I can still change it. It has more impact than give me feedback on something I can change, uh, especially if it doesn't apply to the future. And finally, he says that this is something that refines group dynamics because it lends itself more less to command and control, so leader, boss, to employees, and more to peer-level feedback. So with that, I, I think that I, I hope that I define what feed forward is compared to uh, the more classic feedback. So it's looking forward. That's why it's called feed forward. So we're giving uh, feedback while things can still be done versus give feedback for something that's done in the past. What I'm going to do now is talk about the disadvantages of feed forward and uh, compare them and, and help you decide which approach is best. And I'm talking about you, the person giving the feedback or feed forward, uh, than uh, the person who's receiving it or getting it. First of all, I'm going to say that both of them are valid approaches. There is value in giving feedback after something is already done, and hopefully I'll touch on that now. And there is value in giving feedback while there's still an opportunity to make changes. I think there's a, a big question of semantics and the, the granularity. When we talk about the classical feedback, does it really have to only be when everything is done and there's absolutely nothing that we can do about it? I mean, sometimes we give feedback after something had happened and, you know, you learn from it. And even if it happened only after one part of the project, you learn from it and you can apply to the future and, and you can still change. So it's not completely that uh, once you give the classic type of feedback, then we're done. This is it. There's nothing you can do about it. There is another interesting point towards giving feedback only when everything is done and not correcting it while things are going. And that is the value of learning from firsthand experience. And sometimes the best experience is first-hand experience, trial and error. You got to make your own mistakes to learn from them. I can stop you from making the mistakes by giving you feed forward and I'm going to share and I'm going to let you know. This might actually even create some kind of a dependency in me. Now you're, you're becoming dependent on me to correct your mistakes and you're not as aware and as alert to what is happening and what could happen and what the potential consequences are, especially the negative consequences are, because you're you're relying on me to give you feedback along the way, or I'm sorry, feed forward along the way. I think that that one way to make that determination is to consider the stakes, to consider the consequences of the mistakes. If you're about to, you know, make a small mistake, consequences are not too bad, we can we can still survive it, then I'm I'm actually going to let you make them. And learn from them by yourself. So this is even without giving neither feed forward or or feedback. Even without giving feedback at all. You know, I'll let you learn from your own mistake firsthand. 
And that's going to help you maybe even more than if I fixed you along the way, helped you along the way. You know, t- take my daughter. Uh, my daughter managed to lock the, the her car keys in the car. I didn't even need to give her feedback about this, although I did. And, and I didn't do that in a, a negative way. I didn't do that in a bad way. Um, you know, I didn't chastise her for uh, locking the keys, even though I had to go out, get the spare key, get to where she was, which fortunately it was when I was available and it was only 15 minutes away. But uh, she did understand. She learned firsthand. I can tell you that she is probably way less likely to ever lock her car keys inside the car than most people that never did that. Now, what would feed forward be like? It, it would be me continuously reminding her, hey, don't forget, don't don't lock your cars, your keys in the car uh, when you get out. So never, never lock the car from the inside. Always lock it from the outside. This way you know that you have the keys in your hand because you just use them to lock. So I, I can keep giving her feedback before the con- consequences uh, occur. And... On the other hand, if the consequences are really, really high, they're really, really bad, then it does make a lot of sense to give the feed forward while the the consequences, while you're still dealing with a molehill, before it becomes a mountain. And maybe then it's going to be too late. So we need to consider the the consequences and we need to consider the value of first-hand learning, first-hand experience, not to mention the reduction of the dependency that this other person has in me because they assume that I keep watching over everything that they're doing. By the way, that's another negative for feed forward, and that is that, uh, you know, everybody has to look at everybody else and uh, make sure that uh, they're not making mistakes. And now, am I really focused on what I'm supposed to do if I'm watching over what they're doing? You know, I, I, it takes me back to my military service, and I'm, I'm starting to think if we have to break into a building and I'm responsible for the right side while somebody else is responsible for the left side, the left door. So there is a door to the right, a door to the left. We're walking down a corridor. And by the way, the reason I'm responsible for the right one is because I'm left-handed, which means that as I turn right, the gun goes first and the other person goes to the left hand, the left hand door because they're right-handed and their gun goes first to the left. What if I'm going to just you know kind of nudge them uh hey don't 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 forget to take a look at what's happening there on the left i i turn my head to the left i just stop looking to the right so we got to keep in mind that uh somebody has to give this uh, feed forward and that somebody they have another role which they're not doing while they're giving feed forward as we're we're doing the the work the other thing is that Continuously giving feedback can be interpreted as micromanagement. Um, I may give up thinking for myself, and this goes back to that same uh, same issue of uh, 
you know, feeling that I, that I have the safety net that that I can rely on, and and I'm not even thinking for myself anymore. So this can be interpreted as micromanagement. Those continuous, constant little feedback items. Hey, you should consider this. Hey, you should consider that. Hey, you should consider something else. And it's it's like, how about you let me just do the thing, and and we'll see where it takes me. It, it may even take away. From my ability at the end to, I don't want to say brag, but to really be proud of what I've done if I know that throughout the entire process, I kept on getting those little feed forward components. Now, here's another thing to to consider when you're giving this feed forward while the process is still going. This is this the feed forward focuses on the future by definition it focuses on the future. Do you know the future? Do you know the possible outcomes better than the person you're giving that feed forward to? What would happen if you're wrong? What would happen if the other person that you gave a feed forward to takes your advice, does something and it blows up in our faces? Who's responsible? You know, they wouldn't have done that if it wasn't for you, and you don't really know the future better than they do. And maybe the reason that they took your advice, they took your feed forward, and they went along with that instead of what their instinct told them, maybe they did that because you are a lot more assertive. Uh, you, you have more authority. You gave them that piece of feedback. They know better than you. But they deferred to your feedback and they did something and it was actually the wrong decision. Who's responsible then? With a classical feedback, the thing is already done. It's a lot easier. You know, hindsight is 20-20. So we look at the mirror. We know if this failed or succeeded. As opposed to when you give feed forward, you don't know. Now, I know that the way I analyzed in this second segment of this episode, the way I analyzed the feed forward versus uh, the classical feedback uh, gave kind of an advantage to feedback versus feed forward. And I didn't, I don't think that one of them has a clear advantage over the other. I'm, I'm not one of the people that, you know, only has this, this one thing that, that I'm passionate about, whether it's feed forward or the classical feedback, and therefore I will not consider the other alternative. But I wanted this discussion, th- this episode, to be kind of balanced. The, the articles I read about feed forward as soon, as soon as Bob said, hey, you should consider feed forward as well. The articles that I read, and I started reading quite a few articles uh, to understand uh, articles from uh, the original creator, Marshall Goldsmith of uh, uh, feed forward uh, and, um, and from Joe Hirsch in, in his book. When I read their their articles and, and uh, content, they're very clearly saying, go with feed forward, forget uh, the classical feedback. Classical feedback is bad, feed forward is good. What I was hoping that I delivered in this episode is maybe a more balanced approach. But not only that I balance between the two, 
showing you that each one of them has positives and negatives. But I also wanted to bring back the second law of trust, and that's trust is contextual. I want to apply this to feedback. The decision on whether you give feedback after the fact, after everything is done, versus giving feed forward while things are still going, is a contextual decision. There are several things that you need to consider to decide which type of feedback you're going to give, feed, uh, feed forward or feedback. And you have to choose the right type based on the context. There's one thing that I want to make clear, and that is that everything I said about giving and taking feedback in the previous five episodes is still valid whether you give the feedback or feed forward. Questions like, why do you need feedback? It's, it's still valid. Why, why should you give feedback? What happens if the other person is not ready to get feedback? What, what happens if you are not ready to get feedback? When to give feedback, with the exception of uh, with, with feed forward, forward you, you're going to give feedback while things are still going, as opposed to after things are already done. But in the context of when, as in when the other person is ready, when you are in the right location, this goes to the where as well, those still apply. The how to give feedback, everything I told you about how to give feedback, everything I told you about how to take feedback, everything here is relevant to whether you're giving feedback in the classical manner or giving feed forward in what I described in this episode. So everything still applies. It's not that it's feed forward or everything I said in the previous five episodes. Everything I said in the previous five episodes applies to both types of feedback. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at yoramsolomon.com workshops online courses at trustedatwork.com, find my books on Amazon, or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.